everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Soul Short Podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen H. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. So let's get started. So for those of you who may have missed our last episode, we talked about the integrating of a more holistic approach in social work practice. The holistic approach considers the physiological, psychological, cultural, and spiritual aspects of a person in order to provide the most appropriate person-centered care. Yes, Queen. That episode, we discussed yoga and meditation and how they could be used not only to keep you in good physical shape, but how the practices of yoga and meditation aids with building strength, awareness, and harmony between the mind and the body. I think the more we experience the work that we're doing, we realize how critical it is for there to be harmony between the mind and the body, just like you said, Queen H. One of the vehicles that we can take to get to harmony, besides going on the Love and Harmony cruise, okay, (laughs) is my, (laughs) okay, because Barris be doing his thing on the cruise. Anyway, one of the vehicles we can take is mindfulness. As the person providing support and receiving support, you've got to be able to tap in and to be deliberate about your thoughts and sensations without judgment. As we continue to serve our clients, consumers, patients, whatever you decide to title it, through the holistic lens, we will come to rely more on integrating traditional social work practices with alternative approaches. Today, we're talking about mindfulness and is used in social work practice with Ebony or Queen E, the founder of Ebony's Mindful Move. Queen E harnesses almost 15 years of social work experience ranging from in-home family therapy, college success work, and mentoring. As an impactful and passionate leader in social work, Ebony realizes that striking a healthy school work-life balance is an ongoing journey. Almost three years ago, she launched Ebony Mindful Moves, a Black affirming space where mindfulness practices such as meditation, self-care, community care, and positive affirmations are prioritized. Ebony's goal is to embed healthy and mindful language, thoughts, and feelings into the everyday moves of young men and young women. Like many organizations during the pandemic, Mindful Moves pivoted to virtual services. This pivot led to the prioritizing of community care via hosting free weekly community meditations and creating wellness products that have been shipped throughout the U.S. and Canada. Welcome, Queen E. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Listen, don't be out here calling me Queen E. Excuse me? What you said? Queen E? No longer Eb. Like Queen Queen E? Got you. Like it works for me. That's right, you, because you are queen. Everybody are kings and queens. That's it. Go off, sis, okay? Because you're a queen. Everybody who comes on the Queen's Social Work Show know that they're a queen or a king. Thanks. Done. <laughs> so Queen E, what are your credentials? What settings do you currently work in? Uh, do you work directly with clients or patients or members? So uh, my credentials are LMSW, and um, I just pushed back my clinical test uh, another a few months, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. But you have intention to do it. Right. I have an intention at some point. I've been eligible for a billion years, but yes, definitely uh, recently uh, pushed it back. So yes, I'm still in LMSW. Hopefully I'll pop back on one day when I'm LCSW. And right now my setting is the streets believe it or not. So, you know, I am, I am a social worker for the streets. I left my job of eight and a half years. I love that. Um, June 30th was my last day of working there for eight and a half years. I worked in a foster care setting. I was assistant vice president of evidence-based programming. And now I um, really get to work with whoever wants to work with me and whoever I feel comfortable working with. Right. And so that's, you know, that's much different. And, and how I do that now really is I'm more in the facilitation workshoppy niche. Like that's where I am when I'm talking about mindfulness and meditation. Now, I definitely still do individual work. 
meaning that I host uh, private meditations and, coach and coaching and counseling sessions as well. Um, but right now, to be completely honest, I've been focusing a lot on that facilitation piece, on that corporate wellness, on that um, school wellness, and really taking advantage of that social emotional learning that the schools have been prioritizing as of late. I love that. You said, hello, get your nine to five. I make my hours and I'm for the street. Not in that way. Not okay. in that way. But in healing the streets, okay, of NYC. Yes, yes, yes. We love to see it. That's awesome and amazing. And you know, we have an upcoming episode where we really get into monetizing your gifts. I love to see Black women and Black people in this space. It is awesome because we are so committed and tied to the nine to five. Like, girl, let me use my PTO. Let me, you know, work like a dog to get five hours a month. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for the freedom. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I definitely look forward to listening to the show about monetizing your gifts because mm -hmm. you couldn't have told me that I would be here like this because, you know, you go into social work and you go, if you want to be free from the man, then you go into private practice. Right. And so I knew that I would work for myself in that way. Um, but never knew that I would be in the mindfulness space specifically. And that's what I would be pushing sort of that, you know, that being present, that breath work, it, it was not you know, what I thought would be my focus. And it really just evolved for me. And I do feel like I am at a point where I am monetizing my gifts because I didn't know that it was even a gift that I had until I started using it. And then I realized people would pay for it which is also what um, pushed me to leave in my job because I told them, I said, you know that what I'm asking to do for you, because I actually came to my job saying like, I would like to do something different. And I was told, hell no, like this, there is no different. Like these are the positions that we have available. We're recontracting, which means that I could leave my role without no beef. Because you know, no matter what people say, there's always a little beef if you don't want to change your position somewhere, right? You know, I actually presented like, let me move into more of the training and facilitation role. At this point, I was supervising like 30 people. I had these huge teams of people that I was working with. It was crazy. And so I asked, you know, I said, like, let me do something else. And then they're like, well, if you do that, that position is less money. Why? I've been here eight and a half years. Why should anything be less money? And it just, you know, did not, you know, work out in that way. And it led to me saying, and saying vocally to them, right? Not just to myself. It wasn't just a whisper to me. I said, you know that other people are paying me to do this. There was no secrets about that. They see you here. They know that you have options. You know, that was not a secret. And I said, you know that what I'm asking you to do, people have already paid me to do. And they're like, heard you, but no, <laughs> you know? And, you know, in hearing that, um, you know, I had to make a decision. And that decision came actually a year ago. Um, so in May is when I said, you know what, guys, like, this isn't going to work for me. You don't want me to have what I want to have. You're not even giving me my position back because that was another thing, right? It was like, oh, we're shaking things up, but you're going to shake things up in a way that I don't even want. So I just, I just had to be honest and say, you know what, Ed, if someone else paid you to do this and it allowed me to take, you know, to take my time and giving my, you know, giving in my resignation right then after speaking to HR. So I'm not so... um impulsive and, and hasty like some people see me and they go oh you you were like I'm out and I'm like it was very calculated I'm out meaning like if I left right now do I have severance what does that look like right you know because I was leaving during a recontracting time for you know for a social service agency it allowed me to for it to be like oh you didn't take a new position and you can receive severance so once I calculated added the one and the one and then said you know what this gives me enough money to make some real, you know, to make some real decisions and to not, you know, stress while I'm making them. And so I let them know in May that June 30th, when the contract ended, that I would no longer be, you know, be working for them. And I just spent that time creating a brochure, you know, getting my services together, telling people around me. And I even had a personal conversation with my CEO, to be completely honest. And just to say like, no, I don't want another position here, but wanted to share what my services were. And my CEO actually helped me create my brochure and said like, this is what, like remove this, put this, add this. And my CEO is a white man, okay? And he said, move this, put this on top. You know, you if this is the audience that you want, remove this. 
And because he asked again, are you trying to stay here or not? Is this was was this like a, you know, mm -hmm. I'm saying this, but I really want to stay. And it was like, no, 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 I, I want to go. And just for him to be able to do those edits, you know, for him to say, like, let me look over it again. I like, okay, these colors are good. This is good. Like, this is what you should be using to, you know, to share what your gifts are for me said, all right, this is the, this is absolutely the right thing for me to do right now. That's amazing. And based on a decision, right? You said with intention, this is what I'm going to do, right? And I think that that is important to highlight. And there's a couple things that you said, but I know that if I go there, we're going to go off of mindfulness. So I want to stick to where I want because there's something about men. And when it comes to business, they understand it's about the dollar. So it's no personal feeling. It's none of those things. It's okay, you want to do it because you know this was a man that helped you. Now, a woman would have felt a certain way not to put it because I've had women support me, but sometimes it's just like that, that it's personal, like you leaving them. It's like, hold on. Just like you got your bag, I need to get my paper, okay? And so it's the same thing, but talking about intention and really talking about uh, mindfulness. For those who didn't tune in and didn't hear our last episode, um, can you tell us from your perspective what mindfulness is and what led you to this practice? And so from my perspective, mindfulness is simply just for me being present and kind to yourself, right? Because if you're present, then you're not worrying about what could or what didn't happen, right? So just the mere fact of being present moves and shifts so many things, right? Focusing on what's real and true right now. What's true right now is I'm okay. What's real right now is I'm sitting in this chair and my feet are doing this, right? And I think it's important sometimes because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise telling us what we should be, what we, what we need to be doing this. And sometimes right now we need to just say what's happening. What's, what's, what's the present feeling? And then the kind part, we will blame and shame ourselves for the worst things that happen in the world that have nothing to do with you. Something happened up the street and you like, if I just did blah, 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 blah. So the kindness is so important because you know what? What we know is going to happen is at some point, something's going to happen that's going to make us feel uncomfortable. Something is going to bother us. Or we're going to say something and then be like, dang, I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably shouldn't have done that. And the kindness says like, it's all right. Things happen. We can now move on, right? So for me, I just keep those two things in place when I think about mindfulness. I think about being present and kind. And then, of course, there are the vehicles of mind mindfulness. There are the things that we use to remain mindful. And that's when I bring in the breath work, right? The positive affirmations, right? The guided meditations, right? Because those are things that help us to get back to that mindful place. And so that's sort of how I think of it. The mindfulness, very short definition, and then all the things that we do to bring us back to a mindful space. I love that. That's great. Um, you know, those vehicles like we kind of talked about before are um, so many and so, and so much that we don't even realize sometimes that we find ourselves in a situation and we could just take this little bus right here of breath work or take mm -hmm. this little taxi of guided meditation you know, and get to where it is we've been trying to go all this time. So that's, that's really, really good, uh, Queenie. I appreciate that. Tell us more about Ebony's Mindful Moves. Is mindfulness the thing that you practice in your work exclusively, or is it a part of what your work entails? Yeah, I'll say it's a huge part of what my work entails, right? I've been trained in, in, in so many different modalities. I mean, in working for a foster care agency, I worked in the evidence-based portion. So I know about multi-systemic therapy, family functional therapy. Like there's so many different um, models that we learned, right? That we learned to work with people on. But what I realized is that with all of those modalities that there was room, <laughs> there was always room to, to do a little something different. And for me, mindfulness is the thing that I saw that we could have been implementing. But by the time I really tap into mindfulness, I was already an assistant vice president, <laughs> right? And then it was like, when I would bring these up, you know, these, 
these options, right? People were like, well, but I'm used to doing it like this. And why, why would we need to do this? And, you know, and so for me, that's when it started causing like an internal conflict, right? Because I felt like, well, I know that this is something that could be super helpful. I'm not saying that no one appreciated the breathwork portion, because I think, um, a lot of people would, but it was really just, let's take a few deep breaths. But I think actually taking that time to go a little bit deeper past the three deep breaths, we were doing in-home family therapy. You have time to actually create an entire mindful space with the family. Like we all are going to take, you know, these deep breaths. It's all right to put a little music on in the background. Like, let me, let me, hold on. Let's, let's quiet this. Like, let's, let's get together, you know, with this. And so I was always hoping that there would be a little more time for that. But you know what, when you don't see what you need or what you're looking for, it's okay to, you know, to create your, create your own. So right now I can say that it's a practice that again, is a a big part of what I do. But when I go into any space, especially facilitation workshop space, I get to bring in all of my skills and all of my tools. But thankfully people are super excited about this part that I get to bring in the stress balls. I get to say, you know, go ahead, hold this in your hand, ground yourself. I get to talk about why breaths are important. I get to use my mind dough, a product that I created to help folks, you know, ground themselves as well. So right now it really is one of the largest parts of my, of my practice. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American, hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience you'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. Wow. I feel like, you know, uh, Queen P and I have talked about this actually with another uh, guest about um, evidence-based models. And how people are stuck or uh, really think about this fidelity to it and not they're not able to be flexible and adapt it to the space that they're in, right? Um, because these models many of times are thought of in the Midwest, white people, you know, not black people, not in urban settings, right? That's what we want to, you know, call it, right? And not in the cities and where certain challenges are there. And as a person of color, a black woman, there are certain cultural aspects that we have to be mindful. And I know that this will go into, you know, segue into something that we're going to talk about, but that we need to bring to those evidence-based models for it to really work for us, right? There are components that absolutely work, right? But there's components that don't because of cultural and also generational things um, that, that are brought to it. And so I think it's wonderful that you saw that and wanted to bring it to the forefront, but then also saw that, hey, you're not taking it. Somebody else is excited about this. So I'm going to go where it's, you know, wanted and needed. And funny thing is that I guarantee you eventually that's what they're going to adapt into it because it always is like that. It's always like that, but it's all right. Cause you don't moved on. You talk about you, you said you, you made a mind dough, right? You got your, you creating inventions over here, you know, to okay. add to it, to help with it. And they don't miss the boat. They could have had it at a cheaper price because <laughs> you would have been on staff. That's it. You know, but this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. We set the trends. We lay the foundation in terms of knowing what works for us because we have the lived experience. We are the model. We are the prototype. We all that. Absolutely. And then these white people and them, like to come down and be like oh i know what works for y'all community y'all high risk Uh oh what and then it'd be a whole back i'm not laughing but you know what i'm not gonna go off i'm not gonna go off 
And I, and I had to say when I was, I'm not hiring, I'm a one woman show right now. <laughs> and yes, I do hire folks um, when I have big projects or when someone taps me in to do something, I'm very honest about what's in my wheelhouse or not. But the way like school contracts and stuff work, they gonna hit you up just cause you're a vendor. And then they're like, do you do this? And I'm like, no, but I can get you some money, right? And so um, then I usually hire in, or like I said, if I have a big project, then I'll go ahead and bring folks in to help. Cause usually I am a one woman show, but I definitely know, you know how to tap in. But it's funny that you mentioned that because yes, folks are definitely secretly like you hiring. And I'm like, uh, no, but okay. Like I see you, I see you watching. <laughs> So you want to be a part? Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. We could have done this together. But now you see me after mm-hmm. I done laid the foundation. You don't have to check me later. I'm sorry. But okay. you know, maybe we could do something later. Collaboration when you ready. <laughs> when you ready? When you really ready? Because you're not ready for me in these streets. If you're not ready to put in the work that I'm putting in, anyway. So <laughs> in your practice, and this goes to speak of what I was talking about, bringing culture and our our experience, our life experience into what we're doing. So in your practice as a social worker, what role does your intersectionality, gender, race, ethnicity play, if any? And is intersectionality something you consciously think about in your service delivery? You know, why or why not, you know? Going back a little, I started this organization for me and my friends you know like Issa Rae was like she started making things that her and her friends wanted to watch and she hired her her friends you know it's really how it started for me and volunteering for a civil rights organization and us just you know working hard and folks would disappear like you would you would be working with someone today and then the person wouldn't, you wouldn't hear from them for a week. They were on a committee. You guys were having a good time. And then they disappear. Sometimes they would drop off or sometimes they would come back after like a month. And you'd go, what happened? And people would be like, you know, it was a lot. We know what that means, right? Someone come to you. It was a lot. This was a lot. Life was life and things were happening, right? And I would hear those things so much. And then, you know, working with my own you know, friends hearing like, wow, like, you know, there's these times of huge disappearances. And yes, there's boundaries is one thing, but it's also, you know, it's something different when you know that someone just left because they're in pain and they didn't know how to have that conversation. And so I was seeing that more and more, you know, with folks just trying to balance, I'm, you know, or trying to be the top at my job. You know, some people were becoming parents, you know, getting married, doing this, and just was like, how do I, you know, do it all? And instead of them actually saying, I'm tired and maybe I need a break or maybe I can't do this, just ghosting each other. And what what made me start this? Because I said, like, I know that if we just had some spaces where folks can be honest about how they're feeling and then be given tangible wellness tools, not just a talk. We know how to talk at each other. Go, go maybe fix this, you know, go pray go do this, right? Like people got real simple, short statements. However, I knew that folks needed something that they could do, that they could feel some immediate relief. And it really all started there because I knew that I I was doing some things that were keeping me okay. Cause then folks would ask, how do you stay in such a good mood or how do you do this? And honestly, there were some things that I was practicing and I said, well, let me bring this to the forefront. And it still wasn't meditation. It was very simple breath work and stretches. And that's what I would do to sort of keep myself okay during, you know, during the day. Yes, positive affirmations and stuff like that. And really the meditation came when I started seeing what was happening to everyone else. And I said, well, how can I keep them sane? And how can I go a little deeper? And I really started looking and saying, okay, like, oh, what I've been doing is actually a thing and there's more, right? So I, I can't say that initially I knew I'm practicing mindfulness. Hey, everyone, jump on this bandwagon. It was what I'm doing. The sum of what I'm doing adds up to this. And there's more. Let me go explore the more. So I really was exploring while teaching in the very beginning, right? Like saying like, okay, like these are some things that have worked and here goes some more information. And so mindfulness came to me really because I wanted to serve my people, you know, those around me and myself in a better way. And so for me, 
I don't think I ever really had to think about the intersectionality. Not that I'm not unclear that there are several different parts of me, but because I already came in knowing that in this mindfulness game that I was only serving my people anyway, people that look like me. So I, I never had to think about it. But I'll say, as we get on a good old social media, right? So once I started, you know, I created the page and all of that stuff. When people would reach out to me and people would be as bold to say, are you saying that this is a black only space in my DMs? I found myself saying, I do prioritize the wellness of black people. So if you decide to show up to these free open meditations, please understand what it means for me to prioritize the feelings, the care of, of Black people. And so once I started getting asked those questions, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so people know. Yeah, I absolutely am prioritizing uh, Black people care. And then I'd have friends talk to me. Well, if you're going to start a business, Ebony, if you're going to leave your job for it, have you thought about what it means to service uh, white people? And I said, no, I have not thought about it because I prioritize the wellness of Black people. Now, granted, I'm going to work for schools and corporations. The people that work there I know are also white, but I am there to prioritize the wellness of your Black staff. That is the truth, right? And so if I go somewhere and there's only white staff, there's a conversation that needs to be had because I also want to create safe spaces for Black people, you know? And so th those have been the times where I've definitely had to think more about what, you know, what it looks like and what it means to be me. Another time where I really had to start thinking about the intersectionality is when I had to make a decision whether I was going to show my face on my page. And at first I was not. And my, my partner said, but people want to see someone like you. Because I didn't have a cute cartoon figure either. So they didn't know what color I was, right? If I didn't show them. I was like, I could just put the logo, right? But the logo is just a circle and some colors and it says mindful moves and that's it. He said, but people need to know that you're black. People need to know that you're black with colored hair. People need to know that you have a nose ring. People need to know that you like to wear a certain, you know, type of clothes. Why do they need to know that? Because people are looking for you. People are looking for me. People are gonna, and also people are gonna come and see me in person at some point, right? <laughs> so that was another thing, right? Because I was showing up every Sunday on, you know, guided meditations because before the pandemic, I was running all these in-person workshops. People needed to know who they were coming to see, you know, so that they can feel comfortable, so that they can feel empowered, so that they know that, oh, okay, like this is someone that I can vibe with or maybe someone I can't vibe with because maybe you are still stuck in the, the stuck up part of social work and you're like, well, we're not supposed to look like that. Maybe my hair is supposed to be in a bun. Maybe I should wear more button-ups. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Right? And so it also gives you an opportunity and a chance to say, maybe she a bit too much and I don't want to, you know, join this thing that she's, you know, teaching or showing. And I understand that as well. And so those are the moments that I remember, like who I am and what I represent. Because for the most part, I'm just living as me. I've been Black. I've been a Black woman <laughs> for quite some time, <laughs> right? This is all I know. And, you know, how I can use me to be, you know, just a, a helpful person, you know, in, in their lives at the time. People have audacity, okay? How are you going to come in my DMs, in my space? I show you who I am. I told you what I prioritize already. You want you only do it for black people, and and have an attitude like I'm supposed to cater to you. Hello, you the majority. Everything is for you. Why can't I have my space? Why we can't have our space? Yes, everything is for you. Every every yoga space I've I go to, Come every on. meditation I go to, even if the building is owned by black people, honestly. White people in the front of the class. I got I gotta sit in the back because you in the front already. Um and yes, yes. And it's the point that they forget that. But I'm so thankful because I also, I always tell people, use your social media uh, for good. I absolutely uh, follow so many dope uh, Black people, but Black women mm -hmm. specifically, who I've also heard how they've answered that question when they have said that they prioritize, you know, 
space for Black people and actually gave, you know, good definitions that now I've been able to mold an even better one when yeah. folks are unclear about what it means, right? Doesn't mean I hate you. Doesn't mean I want you to burn up and die. Just means that I'm speaking to my people. They know my voice. They understand me. We're going to say things that maybe you're not privy to. We're going to uh, connect to things that maybe you're not used to connecting to. And I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. because you need a little more clarification and context because this is not about you. So if you can show up and take some breaths and understand that it's not about you, then you are more than welcome to stay. But if you start some foolery, especially because I'm on the good old Zoom, it's very easy just to make sure my people don't have to see or witness any of your foolish you know, behavior, you know? And that is what, you know, again, that's the, those are the times where I was like, oh, like, it does matter to folks that I am black, that I'm a woman. Um, it does matter to them and in a good way for some and in some a not so good way. I used to walk around with a pen that said black woman of gods. I didn't create it. Someone else did. And a black man stopped me on the street and said, how dare you wear that pen and be disrespectful to men in that way. And I'm like, first of all, I gave this pen out to so many people and I said, they didn't get in trouble. So I have to think about the extra thing of like, oh, he, he thinks I'm battling him. I'm not even talking to you, sir. We ain't fighting, <laughs> you know? Okay. I, I didn't even see you. You saw me, you know? <laughs> but on my everyday life, honestly, when I create, you know, facilitation pieces, when I'm creating a workshop, when I'm getting ready to do a meditation, I don't think about all the things that make me me until someone else brings it up. And then I go, oh yeah, 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 you're right. You know, got it. Mm-hmm. What? It, it just reminds me of when Amanda Seal says, you know, when she does her smart, funny and black and she's like, okay, white people, you may be here in attendance, welcome, but understand we're doing black things here and we're not explaining to you. So just be here, enjoy, be amongst us, right? But know your place. Don't start nothing in here. Won't be nothing, okay? Punks jump up to get beat down. Don't do not do it. Like, don't do it. We don't got time for it, okay? And I love it. And I think that's what people need to understand. Just because we're making space for Black people doesn't mean we hate white people. Listen, I got plenty of white people I love, okay? Listen, I love you long time, but it's because they understand the space of me and being black, they respect it. They don't feel threatened by it. And also they support it. They're like, okay, listen, make way, do your thing. They're not feeling threatened by it. And so I I love that you explain that and that you're solid on that and you move forward on that, you know? I'm here for all of that. And what I'm not here for is the black men that we give birth to and that are our siblings and our parents with the foolishness. Amen. Not here for it. Never will be here for it. So brothers, please get it together. We love y'all. And we're going to have that conversation in an upcoming episode. Anyhow, (laughs) Queen E, (laughs) you talked a little bit about this um, when you talked about the intersectionality, but tell me why mindfulness was the best match for your work. And give us a few little um, vehicles our listeners can use in this moment, like as soon as this episode is over, you know, things that they can implement right now, if you have those to share. Absolutely. Um, Why mindfulness? Because self-care has been pushed to us in a very expensive, luxurious package. Now, I just came from the spa the other day, so I'm not saying that these things aren't good, don't work, don't make you feel good. But it really left so many of us out when people started talking about what it meant to take care of yourself. Oh, take care of yourself. Go get an, another mani-pedi. Take care of yourself. Go, go get a massage. Take care of yourself. Go on an expensive trip. Now, again, things that I do, and I can't take that away. However, I realized too that those were not forms of real self-care for me. Getting my nails done, I do really for a little bit of vanity. I grew up uh, in New York City, right? And what you do is get some fly nails on occasion. That's what it is, you know? <laughs> and so for me, I don't feel comfortable when I'm in the nail shop. I don't feel like this is my space. It feels so nice. 
I don't feel that way. So I also knew that people weren't talking to me when they were talking about that being a form of self-care. Also, I know how expensive trips are. I go on a lot of them. There's no way that you can tell someone who needs something right now in order to decompress, in order to change their environment, that the only way to do that is to go spend a few thousand dollars. It's just not fair, you know? And so that's where mindfulness came in for me because for the most part, it's free. You can do this on your own. Once I drop a few tools, you don't ever have to speak to me again if you don't want to. The good old Google still exists as well, you know, and it allows you to start to craft something that works for you, right? Another reason why I chose mindfulness was for tangible wellness tools, like I mentioned earlier. This is something that you can do right now. You can hold something in your hand right now. You can take a breath right now. You don't need anybody. You can do some of this while walking, while driving, while sitting, while standing. And so for me, it was very important to pick something that people could hold on to. And of course, like at, at heart, right? I'm a, I'm a trained clinician, right? I, that's what I did for the majority. I was in home family therapy. So I know that that works, but I also know that everyone isn't there yet. But I also know that people have been there and still need something else. Because I also don't subscribe to the, you know, oh, Black people just don't go to therapy. Plenty of Black people go to therapy. Plenty of Black people seek counsel. We know how to seek counsel because we've been doing it. It was a part of our community, our culture, our villages. It was like, you had a problem, you go to somebody. So we're not as closed off as now we even make each other believe we don't talk to people. That's a lie. It was someone in the village that there was always somebody. You come here with your marital problems. You come here with problems with your children. You come here with life decisions to be made. You know, so I, I never bought into that. But what I know is that we've been hurt by, by the council in these communities, that we've been over-therapized. Because if you've been a part of the system, the, no matter what problem you have, they tell you to go to therapy. The people I worked with were, were, were Black and brown kids. Like, that's who I worked with, right? Because, like, they always were, oh, something's wrong, go to therapy. Oh, you said you're, you said you're tired today, go to therapy. But what people needed, again, was something tangible that they can use in the moment. Talk therapy cannot be the only vehicle, isn't the only vehicle. There's dance therapy. There's play therapy for the little ones. You know why? Because insight is not there. Like the assumption that they're going to be able to tell you this is why I'm behaving like is crazy. And so I had to move to somatic practices, our feelings. We know how to feel. We have moved to the beat of drums for quite some time. We know how to connect to the earth, to the sounds around us, to our environment. For me, I don't feel like I'm teaching anyone anything new that I am bringing you back from which you came. You've been here before. Our people have been here. Our people have created this, right? So all I'm doing is reminding you so that you can remind your mind, so that you can remind your body, so that you can now be like, oh yeah, I've been here before. It don't take long for us to get there once we create the space because our bodies know this. Yes, this is, yes. Like this, this, is, this is us. We, mm. Like this is how we've been doing it. I just really call it a reminder. Like I said, I am bringing people back to all that we know. In my brochure, I actually write indigenous practices because they are indigenous to us, right? And so I don't make it seem like I created mindfulness or I, I actually didn't go to school for mindfulness. So I like to be completely honest about that because someone definitely tried to G-check me on that. You know, in a space, a white man asked me, do you have a mindfulness certificate? No, I do not, sir. If you were mindful, <laughs> sir, you would have told your people to leave these people back in their space and not try to take their bodies, their minds, their... You know what? Let me just shut up. Go ahead. Girl. Go ahead, Queenie. Listen. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I've been, you know, G checked on that. Like, um, you have a mindfulness certificate. So on more than one occasion, you know, I've been asked that. And mindful I, these nuts. Mindful these nuts. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Real That's talk. a new t-shirt. Mindful these nuts. I'm going to take the shirt I have on off because I need to now create mindful <laughs> these nuts. So I just need that. We right? But I've been right on that one and sell that. Okay. Why don't you mindful these nuts? Thank you. Thanks. Okay. And both our logos going to be on there. <laughs>
because I've been asked, you know, um, you know, how, how are you doing this? And honestly, I say I was already doing it and now I'm sharing it, period. Do I read lots and lots of books? Yes, but I like to read books by black people that talk about somatic practices. But I like to read books for black people that talk about trauma-informed work and healing-centered work. I don't care to read what you have to say, you know, on the topic, you know? And so that is, you know, that's just my thoughts on mindfulness, how I've been, you know, connecting to the practice, how I've been using it and getting to the tips. Like I was saying, the reason why I chose these things, because they are things that you can do anywhere. And so for the breath work, the simple one that I teach uh, folks is just to go ahead and do your equal parts breathing, which is five seconds inhale and five seconds exhale. And the reason why I start with that is because those are breaths that sort of uh, get your body uh, going. So things that you can do in the beginning of the day, things you can do at work when you need to increase focus, things that you can do anytime you need to increase focus and do a quick grounding. And um, I do five for five, but it's equal parts. So if four for four work for you, because you got allergies and asthma, like I do sometimes, <laughs> four for four, right? Depending on how long your breath can go, some people feel comfortable going eight for eight. And so easiest tip is just to go ahead and do some equal parts breathing anytime you need to get a little blood flow and get a little extra energy. Another tip um, that I share is use of the stress ball. Most people have a stress ball somewhere because uh, it's been given out at some fair at somewhere and we take the free stuff and then we just throw it somewhere, right? So I always tell people first, just go look around your house. You probably have one. But also they sell um, very similar items in your local dollar store. If you don't feel like buying anything new, then go ahead and just use something that has a little bit of weight that you can squeeze. Sometimes if I'm in meditation with folks and they don't have, you know, anything, I'll say, go grab a piece of fruit because it won't explode. Like if you put an apple in your hand or something like that. Right. And you use your breaths, but while opening and closing your hand around the stress ball. And the reason why the object is important, because you get to go ahead and put all of your stressors and all of your anxiety, you get to focus it into one place and you get to let it go. Symbolism is important, right? And so, yes, this is just a light object, but you are pushing all of your energy into one place. It also does what I said earlier, remind you what is real right now, right? Because if you are struggling with your anxiety at the moment or just things are really busy and you just need to find a way to get back, what's real and true right now, like I said, is like, I'm holding this, this is what I'm doing. Right now I'm doing my breaths, Right now I feel okay, right? And so this object is just a symbol of some space that you can put that energy, you know, into. And so those are two of my like hugest tips besides the third one being positive affirmations, positive affirmations, positive affirmations. So many of us read them, but I also show people how to create them on your own. To think about, you know, Who's this for? It's always for you. So it should be my and I. You can't start on an affirmation with they, start on an affirmation with someone else. It's I, it's my, it's me, right? And so making sure that any sentence where you're ready to affirm that you're starting out like that and then moving on to, again, being present. What is it that you want right now? Or what is it that you believe right now that is good about yourself? right? And practicing that because negative self-talk, like I said, blame and shame, we love negative self-talk is so real, but so toxic to ourselves. I think that a lot of us just don't know how harmful it is to us. The simplest of statements that we say over and over again, even, you know, saying something, you know, simple, like, oh, I'm so stupid. I should have remembered that. Like, you know, we, we say it and then it just, it flies out, but you know what? Like our bodies remember that our minds remember that. And we start to feel more comfortable saying things like that. than we are saying I'm smart. I made a mistake, right? (laughs) It's all right. You can still, you still make a mistake and still be smart, right? Maybe we had a bad attitude one day, but now it's easy for us to say I'm an asshole. 
But why can't you say I'm kind and dot, dot, dot. Those are the things that I work with people on when I do individual coaching, when I have more time and my Sunday affirmations, I stick to the breath work. And then I, I have people share their own affirmations and intentions because it's not enough time for me to sort of, you know, teach folks. And then I share them out. That's the, one of the most important parts of meditation is if you write an affirmation in the chat or you share an intention that I share it out because I'm working on your behalf with the universe. That's what I tell them. Like I'm here on your behalf that all of us are here working for your good as well. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. You know, in the world of Ray Charles, we got the right one, baby. We did. <laughs> this was very, very good. I am, you know, <laughs> Queen T is laughing at me because when I start coming out with analogies and all of, all the things, it's, it's because I have thoroughly enjoyed. And I feel like, definitely we need to have you um come back on and maybe do something for us because this was this was really a, a good um conversation mm -hmm. much needed much appreciated also and you know what queen e i appreciate you sharing that we can go to the dollar store and pick up a little something or we could use fruit but also what i would like you to do is um let everybody know your website and tang so people can go purchase these mm -hmm. items because each other and our own you know if you want to drop a little code your code to be you know queen slush work podcast and let people get a little one percent and ting you know what i'm saying we we rock it out we support that whatever you need boo we got you go that's ahead it. and drop a link that's it that's it i do have some products as i shared uh Yes. earlier a little bit about them so one thing that i do have i shared my mind though and the mind though just like you would use the stress ball as far as like squeezing, but you know, it's dough, it's putty. You can play around with it. You know that everyone can't just steal, <laughs> right? Oh. And people really do need, you know, they need something and they like to move their hands around. Oh, that was creative, girl. I it's love like it. Gum. It feels like, you know, gum, it feels like putty and you get to roll it around and do as you wish. It's in, because they come in different sizes, like this tiny one is what I usually give out to corporate wellness in schools um give them a little something to rope them in um and it's uh i think this one is one ounce one ounce of dough and you can do whatever you wish with it you can be discreet with it you can ride the subway and use it you can get on a plane mm -hmm. with it right and so those are uh, some of my tools i'm gonna mm -hmm. give me some dough okay Ooh, i'm about to order some right now hello yes yeah, so that there's that and then the first product that i ever created was called the mindful jar. It is called the mindful jar. It still exists. And the mindful jar actually also comes in three different styles. There's one uh, for individuals, which is our classic jar. There's a jar for couples. So that's our partner's jar. And then we have one for our youth. And so the difference between the jars are the prompts. So remember earlier, I spoke about positive uh, affirmations and I spoke about the importance of you know, saying good things to yourself. These cards are not about saying, I didn't do that today. How am I going to consequence myself? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. No blame, no shame. Remember, these cards are about re reminding you of what you did good. So this one is out of the partner's jar. And there's cards in here that say things like, I'm grateful for. And it tells you, share this with your partner, what you have gratitude for, including them. Our classic jar has questions like about boundaries. Like, like how have I showed up for other people without depleting myself. Mm. Again, assuming that you're doing all these things because we're all, these are the great things that we do for others. I'm not telling you not to show up. I'm asking you, how did you do it without depleting yourself? Because mm. I'm assuming that you have a plan. And if you don't, now you get to create one because you have these cards in front of you. And so that this was my first uh, product. And then the Mindo was the second product that I created for folks. And so just very excited about where these products have brought me um, because there's some people that will never come to a meditation, but they have the jar. I do the corporate wellness packages and there's a woman that I've ordered four rounds of corporate wellness packages for me and she moved jobs. And so I'm now buying for a new team. <laughs> okay. Wow. She appreciated the package so much. And what comes in that package is just a small dough a stress ball and a few cards mm -hmm. from one of the jars, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't even get a full jar. They get a little satchel of cards 
that they can look at, that they can write on because the cards have the prompt in the front and are blank in the back. I also provide blank cards as well so mm-hmm. that people can write their own or affirmation or mm-hmm. can just write a note about the card that they pulled. And mm-hmm. so when I talk about that tangible, you know, wellness, you can write this down and then you can put it back and you can look at it later, right? Again, something that doesn't take too much time, something that you can do with someone else to spark those conversations about mental health, self-care. Imagine Mm -hmm. sitting at the table with your young person, right? And having them pull the card out that asks them, what what are you strong at? What are you good at? And maybe Mm -hmm. they might not know the answer. So imagine if you're pulling cards every week and one day they're finally able to say, I'm good at this, right? Mm -hmm. And now you get to praise them for that. Now they get to keep that card and remember, like, this is something that you're good or strong at, right? That's why I did it because yes, it's something that you can do for you, but I love the part of it that allows you to share your cards with others. So yes, so the website, ebonysmindfulmoves.com, quite simple. And you know, uh, Ebony's Mindful Moves on Instagram. So folks can DM me or they can go to the website and they can go ahead and purchase any of these items. And if people have questions, you know, I'm, I always answer them. And I try to theme them sometimes to the holidays. So we still mm-hmm. do have some, a Black History uh, Month inspired uh, jars left, which merely just means like you know, I found some paper by some Black-owned companies that have some great designs on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, of course, have things um, that focus on love as well. So cards that have, you know, hearts on the back with the, with the prompts or XOXO on the back with the prompts. I do that because why not, right? <laughs> yeah, that is just so creative. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Okay, Queen E. Yes. So thank you for being on. We thank you for being here. And please, everyone, follow her. You know, reach out. Get your meditation and mindfulness on. And let them know that Queen P and Queen Eight sent you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Queens of Social Work Pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. If you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to check out our show notes or email us at thequeensofsocialwork at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>